Welcome to the Scott Shepard Podcast. I am a man on a mission to create an army of independent writers, creators, and thinkers who make a hell of a living doing what they love. And it all starts with one thing, and that is doing things the old way, the hard way, the deliberate way, the anti-net way. Listen in as I share thoughts and rants of what goes on behind the scenes as I create an independent knowledge empire where I get to spend my days doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. All right, what I'm going to be talking about today, and you may know it's a little bit different of a show format, I'm just going to hop right into things, okay? So what I'm going to jump right into is where we left off in episode number 236. And that is wherein I was talking about and teaching you something called internal context, which in the field of the human mind and the human memory and how it works and cognitive neuroscience, right? Researchers have revealed something called internal context. And if you're confused on what I'm talking about, well, you can go listen to the previous episodes. Now, we're going to jump right in and talk about internal context and specifically what a thought is. You see, a thought is something that you may have not ever thought about. (laughs) And a thought is like essentially an experience, and it has long been recognized that an experience and a thought cannot be repeated exactly on two separate occasions. You see, every thought is experienced in a somewhat different context. And this is echoed and showcased by a researcher, and you can go and read about it in my show notes in the description. It's on page 12 of a well-known book on the human memory and foundations of human memory and how it works. And you should know that every thought is experienced in a somewhat different context. That is why no thought is exactly the same. No thought that you experience in life can be repeated and experienced in exactly the same way. Context can include surrounding thoughts that you've just had or the setting in which you've just had them. It can also include the time of occurrence. And I know this is vague and abstract and theoretical, but stick with me because here's what I'm going to share with you now. I'm going to share with you a crisis that Google was in about a decade or or so ago, and it relates to this. In fact, their entire business, their entire existence faced an existential threat due to misunderstanding Internal context versus external context versus what one's mind and thoughts are actually viewing, reading, and consuming. You see, around 2010, 
Google faced a crisis. Its technology relied on external context, and it relied on the actual content that the user was viewing and thinking of in that moment. For instance, the search term that one currently searches and finds in front of them on the Google search engine results page, which is known as the SERP, S-E-R-P, in marketing lingo talk. And that environment that one finds in front of them on the search page, or even after the search page, when they click into the page of links, right, and they see ads on a website related to keywords, and maybe they're not even, they likely are ad blind and they don't even see this, but they're in an environment, a external contextual environment on the website they're currently on. So we've covered two things, external context and the actual content of the thought, right? So when you're thinking and when you're experiencing a thought, you're in this state, okay? And Google was dominating the external context part and the content part. Anytime anyone thought of a piece of content to search for, well, Google was the number one choice. And even after searching on Google, if you clicked into one of the links, chances are you would see another Google ad from the Google Display Network, those banner ads. Those banner ads, those GDN ads, I call them, and GDN is the platform, is what I specialized in. Everyone else specializing in Facebook, Google Search, whatever, right? I made it my thing to just be the absolute best in the world at GDN. And GDN is essentially, and it was, thought of as an external context something based on keyword, something had, that had to be relevant to the actual keyword that was currently existing and living on that page, right? So if it was a page about pets, then the ad was about pets, right? It was based on the content and the environment that the user was in, like the external context in which they were viewing uh, some item, you know, it didn't even necessarily have to have a keyword on it, but if the, the context was, I don't know, like supplies related to pets and there was no keywords even on, on it, you know, it was like an image gallery of uh, pet related stuff, right? The contextual in environment, the external contextual environment was related to pets. So they received ads related to pets. Well, a new technology emerged in ad targeting, known as remarketing or retargeting. And this targeted users based on the websites, the patterns, and the habits of the users. It did so through something you guys may have heard of, if you've ever watched the conspiracy theory sensationalized Netflix documentary on you know, the social network effect 
thing. I forgot what it's called. You know what I'm talking about. The one where it just convinces the entire world that Facebook, Google, and tech companies know everything about you. And, well, they're preying on you and they're screwing with your psyche and the collective psyche of human nature and homo sapiens, all 7 billion of them, right? Yeah, that's horseshit. Uh, quite frankly, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, checks and balances are good and necessary, but uh, let's just say it was sensationalized, that show. However, what they did get right is in portraying and communicating the power and the game-changing emergence that occurred in the advertising technology industry when remarketing and cookies and audience-based targeting of ads started to emerge. I'm going to get into this a little bit more tomorrow, probably. But I've planted the seed. You get it. What I'm hinting at is that Google discovered that they had only two of the three things which shape a person's thoughts. They needed to get somehow, some way, some type of insight into the internal context of one's mind. Tomorrow, if you're lucky, I'll cover that. That's all I'm going to say. Peace and love. Going to keep this short today. We're going to try a completely new format. Just going to go... Just going to start right away and then end right away. Not even call to your friend or any of that other stuff because I get too distracted. So this is a way to keep it simple. Love you. Peace. See you tomorrow. Hey, real quick. This podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me, Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do, all right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love, writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools, while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.